You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Wake Up with Patty Catter. Where each week, Patty will interview guests that will motivate, encourage, and inspire you. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Wake Up with Patty Catter. I am your host, Patty Catter. And today I have Jerry Brazy on the show. Jerry, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I'm very excited to interview you. Excellent. I'm, I'm really happy to be here too, Patty. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. You're a little bit more upbeat tonight. I'm super excited because you're one of the last podcasts that I'm recording tonight. And I look at your website and I think, what I gather right away is you are a sibling. You have nine siblings, right? Correct. There's nine of us all together. Correct. So how I have eight you... brothers. Yeah, I have eight brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So you mean you had to have right there? That's pretty exciting. Not everybody has that many siblings. Right. So could you tell us a little bit about um, where you grew up and um, how you were as a child? I like our listeners to just kind of be able to relate with the person that I'm talking with. So yes. could you just kind of fill us in a little bit? Go to, If you were to look up uh, in the dictionary latchkey kid, that would be what me and my little brother, my little brother and I, I should say, were. We, I have eight brothers and sisters, like I said. My parents had six kids by the time they were 22. Uh, wow. And so, uh, yeah, 17 to 22, my oldest brothers and sister, my oldest six brothers and sisters are less than a year apart on average, if you can believe that. Uh, and All then the same seven parents. years. Uh, yeah. What's that? Wow. They're the same parents. Same parents. Yes. For all the kids. Uh, <laughs> same parents. My mother, uh, when she had the six kids, slept every other day <laughs> to take care of sick. If you can imagine, she had a zero year old and a five year old, six kids. And so she, yeah, until they were old enough to help out and that sort of thing, she did it herself. So for about a decade, she slept every other day. Uh, (laughs) Tough woman. I would, 82 years old, I wouldn't mess with her (laughs) even today. But eight kids or eight brothers and sisters, I was then seven years later, I came along um, and they didn't want me to be an only child. So I have a little brother and a little sister. And my little brother's 22 months younger than me. And so he and I grew up uh, together. Uh, You can imagine you know, government assistance, no money, very poor. Uh, both parents were off working and uh, the kids, we were just by, by the time we came along, we were, uh, you know, you've, my parents already had the six kids. And so we were kind of on our own. So that's how I would describe my childhood um, in the seventies was, was very independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were, you know, we were the kind of poor stealing food when we were kids to, uh, to eat until I got my first job uh, mm-hmm. at 11 years old. So I have a question. Were your parents any kind of a religion or they just didn't believe in birth control or they just (laughs) wanted to have kids? They were, they were at the time they had all the kids, they were Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, they, but they wanted kids. They wanted lots of kids too. So, you know, some people are, are just like that, but no birth control. And so six had six kids uh, in six years and then didn't change a single thing other than nature said to my mother. Yeah, that's enough for now. Uh, and then seven years later, she got pregnant again. Here I am. Wow. Yeah. Well, I definitely think you were meant to be because you're doing a lot of cool stuff. I, so, think so. I hope so. Yeah. So can you tell us now, what are you doing now? Fast forward into adulthood. Um, I mean, you grew up, it was kind of, it sounds like you had a rough childhood as far as financially growing up. It was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like your teenage years? I guess let's go there before we do the adulthood. So I was, uh, I was on the streets at 17. 
Um, I have no education. I lived in a flop house uh, for $25 a week uh, when I was 17 years old. With uh, I shared it with hookers and heroin addicts uh, with a shared bathroom, a single light, just like you would imagine you've seen in the movies in the 70s, uh, a little bed and a room with one bathroom on the ha- on the uh, down the hall. So that's where I was when I was very violent, uh, lots of fights. I saw multiple murders. The first one when I was 15, the last one when I was 20. Um, and so that was kind of the life that I had, uh, throughout my teenage years. So my sister died when I was, my older sister died when I was 13. Uh, my parents, uh, kind of freaked out and moved to Montana and I stayed back here. Uh, I went blind in my right eye when I was 14 mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just kind of, uh, that was the, the highlights. And so through it all though, even as a 17 year old living by myself in a, in a, in a, in a skid row hotel, I always had a job. I always went to work. And so as I tell the story of my life, my, the story of my life is work. That's, that's really, uh, it, I, I, I've come through and come, gotten past all the rest of those things simply because I'm, I'm, I'm willing to work and put mm-hmm. in the effort. So where was the turning point for your life where you started to kind of get yourself together? Because obviously I don't think you live in a flop house now. No. So what happened uh, to the, change your life? Yeah. So the older six brothers and sisters, as I explained, I had the value, I had the the ability to watch them and how they acted and how they behaved. Mm-hmm. And as was pretty common uh, in the circles that I was that I was in, you know, the girls went off and got pregnant. And uh, these are friends and family went off and got pregnant uh, or married when they were teenagers. And my brothers uh, and other people ended up in jail. Uh, married kids, all of that as teenagers. And so I had the benefit of seeing that from afar. I didn't really, you know, there wasn't really a connection there because there were so many years in between, but I, I could see, and I knew that wasn't for me, that, that whatever I did, that wasn't what I was going to do. I didn't want to follow that path. I'm not saying I didn't get into trouble because I did. Um, but, uh, there, there, there are very specific times in my life where I could have, I could have made the wrong decision on a massive scale, the kind of decision that would put you in prison for the rest of your life, uh, or, or worse, you end up dead. And I made the, the, I made the correct call and not the angry, bitter, pissed off, grew up the way that I did call and then follow that path. I never smoked cigarettes because the pack of cigarettes said that smoking will give you cancer. And I thought, well, hell, I don't want cancer. So Mm -hmm. I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't ever drink beer uh, because the other kids were doing it just because it was cool. Uh, And so I never did any of those things. I kind of was, have always been my own person. I don't give a, uh, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't want to drop the f bomb. Uh, I don't care what people think about me, and so that gives me the ability to. Th- and this has always been the case for me. So it gave me the ability to think and to kind of look ahead. And I knew what I didn't want. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure what I did want, but I knew what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Well, so it sounds like you were born with common sense for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I could bottle everybody- uh, the amount of common sense, I think I'd be. Yeah, I'd be doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are you doing today now that you, okay, how did you turn that life around you? Um, what happened in between that time where, um, you're working, you're working hard, you know, that you want to make good decisions. Now, where are you? So I, I, 
I'll just speed through it here real quick. So mm-hmm. beginning at, uh, at 21, 22 years old, I took a job work as a messenger. I've had 20, 25 jobs in my life. And I started, like I said, when I was 11 years old, and this isn't the lawn mowing 11 year old. I paid taxes, if you can believe it, as an 11 year old. So I had a job at a rush. I was a big kid. I'm six, four, uh, 260. Now I was a big kid when I was little and 11 years old, pay taxes, the whole nine yards. Uh, mm-hmm. so I started doing that when I was 11 and I've never not had a job since. And I, I, I always moved from one job to another job because the other job would pay me more. Now mm-hmm. I gave notice and did all those things. And if the people didn't want to pay me, then I would just go to the next job. And so through that, I've had every kind of crappy job imaginable. So now I'm 22 years old. I've had 22, 23 jobs up to this point, And I get a job as a courier. I'm driving. And I said that this was pretty cool. And this is probably what put me where I'm sitting right now talking to you is, 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 is two events. This one is one of them. I drove for six months and I really enjoyed driving, but, but the car I was driving was a piece of crap and it wasn't working out very well for me. Uh, and so I went to the owner and said to her, I think that your dispatcher doesn't do a very good job. I think I can do a better job. Now she was paying the dispatcher $45,000 at the year at the time. And I'm barely making 10, 12 bucks an hour. I, I couldn't even fathom what $45,000 a year would have looked like because I can tell today, I can tell you exactly how I would live off $10 an hour. That's how well I knew how to live off of $10 an hour. And so I went into her and I sat down. I said, I think I can do a better job. She barely knows who I am. She said, why would I do that? I said, because I'll do it for $10 an hour and mm. I'll do it for $10 an hour for six months. But at the end of six months, if I do a better job than, than she did, you're going to give me her salary. And I mean, what boss would, what owner, what business owner wouldn't take you up on that? She saves, you know, $30,000 a year, 30,000 bucks a year. So, uh, I got the job and I did that job for eight and a half years. And we grew that company, uh, from two and a half million bucks, uh, to about five and a half million dollars when I left, uh, and over a hundred employees. And so that, but I don't know how I knew to do that, to invest in yourself, right? I was willing right there to put it all on the line and say, I'll slave away for, I mean, these are 10, 12 hours a day dispatching manually, very rough uh, work mentally. It's stressful uh, and it's all day long. And I just embraced it and said, I'm going to invest in myself. So right then is kind of the, the, the point for me that started it you know, started it to where I am today. And so from then, when I was 28, I started uh, my own company. And, uh, and we just, just, we're just about to celebrate our 21st, uh, anniversary in, uh, in transportation. And since then I've owned car and car washes and gas stations and convenience stores and woodworking businesses, a management company, development of residential houses, development of residential lots, house flipping, house renting. I have 150,000 square feet of uh, commercial real estate that we manage, really anything that I think I can make money on. And I haven't made money on all of it. I can tell you that, mm-hmm. but anything I thought I could make money on, or it made sense to me, or I could wrap my hands around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's what I did. So one of the topics I want to bring up is I noticed on your website, you had mentioned there was a story where somebody had told you no, and let's kind of talk that about that a little. I think yes. we, I think we all have been through something where somebody has told us that we will not be able to succeed. We won't be able to do well. And they tell us, no, um, some people are fueled by that. And like me, I'm definitely fueled. If somebody says that some, I can't do something, I'll prove them wrong 20 times. Um, but there are people who let it get to them and they give up. So let's hear that story. So that was Bob at Wells Fargo. 
I'll, I'll, I'll back up off that story just a little bit and, and tell you one quick one. My, uh, I have a, a, a young kid that was working with me and he was on the internet complaining here a couple of years ago about, uh, he couldn't get a job. And I asked him, well, how many job interviews had you been at? He said, well, I went to three mm-hmm. and I'm just out of college and I have all this experience just out of college. I'm graduated. I have the degree and nobody will hire me. I said, three. <laughs> wow. What'd you do the next day? And he looked, I mean, like, like I had a hole in my head. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What did I do the next day? I've been on three interviews over the last week. I said, yeah, man, you need to go on 300 mm-hmm. before you can even start to think about complaining. You need to be, you need to have gone to 300. So that advice that I gave that kid a couple of years ago starts from when I heard no. So I, I started my business and I did $3 million my first year. Again, I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about nothing. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. I just knew I'm going to go into business. And so that for, I didn't know any better. I did $3 million my first year. We did uh, $6 million our second year. We did $9 million our fourth, third year and 14 our fourth year. And so when you're growing like that in that first year, you have no money. There's no, I mean, you, there's just no money because you're paying it as fast as it comes in. Uh, even if you're profitable, there's no money. Right. So the cash flow that's needed to support that kind of, of growth, uh, you need a line of credit. So I went to the banks and I went to all of these different banks. And one in particular uh, is the one I remember the best. Uh, it was, I had an attorney at the time and they sat me down with this banker that they were introducing me to, big high rise building downtown Portland. He looked at my financials there in that first year, we were about 15 months old. And essentially his name was Bob, he worked at Wells Fargo. And he said to me, after looking him over, he said, no, I'm sorry, man. Not only can I not finance this, this is not financeable. Wow. And you need to go on, on, uh, you need to, uh, take your, your receivables and you need to just finance those receivables through factoring, which is like heroin for businesses, mm-hmm. right? It's very hard to get off of. And I knew that at the time. I, well, I didn't know what factoring was. I had to go look it up. Right. right. But I was like, no, I, 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 that's not for me. And I told him that's not for me. And he said, well, I'm sorry, there's no way you're going to make it. You can't do it. You know, you're just, you're burning cash too fast. And I was like, mother, f- I, <laughs> all right. Good. That's what I needed. That's because if there was any doubt in my mind that I couldn't do it, I don't remember so many years ago. I don't remember specifically there being some doubt in my mind. I'm not really a doubt in your mind kind of guy, but if there was, it was out the window and gone because Mm -hmm. all I could think about was showing Bob what time it is. Mm -hmm. Now over the years, that's kind of worn off and I don't give a, I could care less (laughs) who Bob is, but, Mm -hmm. uh, Bob was a good impetus for me. Um, for a good three or four or five years. And uh, I so I was able to get SBA financing, as it turned out, about six or seven months later, I met the right people. I probably went through 20 bankers before I found the one that understood me and what I was trying to get done and would advocate on my behalf. So there's another 20 no's where people telling me I couldn't get done. And I, I don't know, maybe it's stupidity. Maybe I'm just too dumb to know better. Uh, maybe it's stubbornness and I'm too stubborn to know better, but I just never stopped. And until I found the one that, uh, that ultimately I got it done. The company got the money that it needed. Uh, that banker is still my banker today. All these years later that I found six months, uh, later, John Peterson is his name. Fantastic guy. Uh, and here I am 21 years later in business and we've done $450 million worth of revenue over the last 20 years. So, um, I'd say that, Hey Bob, I won, you lost. I, I wish you could just talk to him, have him on your yeah. show. I wonder if he's still around. Yeah, I don't know. That's I get asked that quite often, as a matter of fact. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Wow. So, um, what are you doing today? Like today, what are you doing as far as your business? Are you retired? You still working? And I know you podcast. So I want to talk about that. 
Yeah. So we have the, the Jerry Brazy podcast. Um, so from, from a work perspective, uh, yeah, I will never retire. So that's right out of the, out of the gate there. I love to work. And right now I've got a lot of irons in the fire. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to, uh, get the final paperwork to close on a really big deal that I'm working on multi tens million dollar deal. It's a big deal. Um, and so I spend an inordinate amount of time trying to get that finished multi-property deal. But generally I work on my transportation business operations. Uh, I have a management company uh, that I spend time on working there. And then I'm uh, podcasting and is the other thing that we do. So we do a couple of podcasts a week uh, and just trying to get this message out of of kind of where you can come from and still be successful and, and, and still have opportunity regardless of where you start. Mm-hmm. Where can people listen to you? You go in, you go to the website, jerrybrazy.com. And from the website, you'll be able to uh, get to all of the, I mean, we're, we're on all the platforms, so you could probably connect to us there. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify, Apple, they're all there. And definitely, if you're listening to the show, you're going to be able to find all of Jerry's links on my social media, all over the notes in our show. And on this video, you're going to have the link on the um, bottom of the screen here for Jerry's website. So Jerry, thank you for being on the show. And is there anything in particular that you want to tell somebody who's really just struggling today? What would you tell them? Yeah, I would, I would tell I, I would add one more plug that kind of answers that question too, is we have our Facebook page. So it's the Jerry Brazy podcast, Facebook page on that page. I'm monitoring that all the time. You have direct access to me, my least, no price. No, I don't, I'm not selling something. I don't have a, 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 a seminar. I don't have a book. I don't have an ebook. I don't have anything other than the advice from somebody who's owned a dozen companies over 20 plus years and done hundreds of millions of dollars. So I'm here to help. And so if somebody wants help, you can have direct access to me via that page, no cost, no anything. Like I said, you just got to join the page. So that'd be number one. I would ask people if you, if, if, if you're feeling like you want that kind of help, I'm doing everything I can to, to give you my advice for what it's worth. Uh, and then if you're really feeling down, see, I don't, I don't get frustrated. I don't get down because there's no value in it. So you say, Jerry, it's so hard not to. You need to find something that will energize you to get you up off of the couch or get you out of those doldrums. There's a It's a hard question to answer because everyone's different. But I'll tell you what I get the most when I tell people I don't get like that. I mean, I'm under tremendous pressure every single day mm-hmm. uh, and I just don't allow it to happen. And they say, well, I can't do that. And I say, well, if you can't do it, nothing I can tell you is going to help. Uh, and so I find that for me, I have to stay busy. And if, if I'm, if I'm feeling it and I'm down and somebody is feeling it and they're down today, I have to stay busy. A really fast, really fast story guy on the internet's asking for help. Uh, I give him some advice. He writes me this dissertation about how he can't do it and he's going to lose the business and no one will give him money. And how many people have you asked for money? I've asked eight different people and nobody will do it. I said, well, here's some more advice. Nothing. He wants no part of it. So you have to be open and willing, particularly when you're feeling like, as you described, yes. you have to be willing to accept that. And a lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Um, for those listening, a lot of them know I've been a military advocate for 12 years. Um, my husband was wounded in Iraq in 2007. And right away, um, as soon as I could, I actually took a humanitarian trip with my son in 2008. So less than just a couple of months after my husband was home from war, um, then we went to Guatemala to this third world country to help other people because there's always somebody worse off than you. And there's always something else you can do that's productive and 
I love helping other people. So that's my, my there's thing. a, there's a, there's a video on the front of my webpage. You can go to that talks about my trip to Africa mm-hmm. and kind of perspective and, wow. and, 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 you know, why I don't get down. Cause I have perspective about people who live in, mm-hmm. you know, in metal huts in 115 degree weather. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. We really do have it good here. We have it very good. And we don't yeah. have any sense of that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. And Jerry, your social media links one more time for us. JerryBrazy.com. Instagram's Jerry Brazy. Uh, Facebook page, uh, Jerry Brazy. Or as I said, the uh, the Jerry Brazy podcast group. Uh, go there and join. And of course, the Jerry Brazy podcast, which uh, I would encourage everybody. It's a little bit of life, having a good time. I like to smile and laugh and Billy and I have a good time. Billy co-hosts it with me. And then, uh, and again, a lot of business and a lot of, uh, advice. I don't have all the answers. I don't think I do, but I have a bunch of experience that I can then interpret for anybody that wants to take it and, and, uh, and listen to it or they not, or as many people do shove it right back in my face. And I love it. Um, yeah. I, I love your podcast. Um, I was going through some different links that I come across online and came across yours and was really impressed right away. So Jerry, thank Thank you you. so much for being on the show and thank you for adding real value to our world. Thank you for that. Oh, very nice. Thank you, Patty. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to tune in every Friday morning at 5 a.m. We begin airing my podcast and um, thank you all. Just have a great week. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Be sure to visit www.pattycatter.com for the latest articles, podcasts, and swag.